This anointed teaching by Dr. Beverly Volmerans comes to you from Christian Family Church International. Thank you, Jesus. We love you, family, so very much. We know that God has a word for you tonight for this whole celebration. And so we're very excited. We've been praying and studying, and we know that God has a Kairos moment just for you. And we're going to go from glory to glory to glory in the celebration. We also just want to welcome San Antonio. So wonderful to be with you, San Antonio. This is Celebration 2022. Let's just welcome San Antonio. We love you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, in your presence, we come, dear sir, to praise and to worship and to adore you. We say this is the day that you have made, and we will rejoice and be glad in it. We thank you for giving us Jesus. We thank you, Lord, so much. Thank you for giving us a precious Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you'll rise up big within me, that you'll think through my mind and speak through my lips of claim. And I declare I'm a servant ready to be used by the master tonight. And I thank you, Father, that tonight the word will go out boldly, accurately, carried by the wind of the spirit, that fear will be dispelled, but faith will rise up in the heart of your people. And Father, we at Christian Family Church, we're not only hearers of the word, but we doers of the word, and therefore we have good success in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen, and you may be seated. The title of my message tonight is Travel Light. Say, I must travel light. About 30 years ago, Apostle Thea and I went to South Korea. We went for a church growth conference. It was jam-packed with meetings from morning until evening. And however, in the afternoon, they gave us a little time to catch up on our sleep, or maybe we could go and shop. Now, Apostle Theo, he didn't want to shop in those days, and so he said, no, babe, I'm going back to the uh, hotel. I went back with him to the hotel, but in the afternoons, I got a taxi, and I went down to a place called Itaewon. Itaewon was like a shopping district, but in those days, everything was dirt cheap. You could buy knockoff designer everything, and so I felt like I was in a candy store. Of course, you can't get knockoff, you know, Gucci anymore, Louis Vuitton anymore. But when I saw it, I I thought, oh, my word, I have to buy for every single person that I know. And so that I I bought like eel skin lipstick holders. I bought uh, scarves. I bought bags. Some pastors had their suits made there because it was so cheap. And I just went on a a shopping spree. I bought for family. I bought for friends. I bought for all my pastor's wives. In the afternoons, I was just um, like a kid in a candy store. I could not get over all the little things that I could buy. But I never thought at all about how much weight... all my shopping would be. So every afternoon, I would just come with bags and, and put them in the in the hotel room. And pa- Apostle Theo said, babe, you know, are you not shopping too much? But I was, I've never seen anything so cheap. And I've got so many people I've got to buy for. So I would just put it all in the hotel room. Nevertheless, the conference came to an end. And then Apostle Theo said, well, Beverly, how are you now going to figure out how we're going to get all this home? So I had to go downstairs to the hotel lobby, and I had to buy two extra bags, each about four foot long and two feet wide. And we cra- 
And this is the truth. We crammed everything into these bags. And then we thought we're just going to check them as luggage. So we got to the airport. And then the lady behind the desk said, no, sorry, you can't check them as luggage. You are already overweight. And so I said to Pastor Theo, please, won't you take them as our hand luggage? Do you know how much they weighed? They weighed 150 pounds each or 68 kilos. 68 kilos for one bag. Now, Apostle Theo in those days, I mean, he's so handsome still and he's, he's so fit. But in those days, his shoulders, I mean, I'm talking about broad shoulders. I'm talking about chiseled. I'm talking about strong. <laughs> he was strong and He's so handsome, and, and, but his arms and his biceps were huge. And so he said, okay, babe, you know, he will carry these bags. And so he had to carry them as hand luggage, but he had to stop every 50 paces just to rest because they were so heavy. And we got to the departure gate, and that was about 500-meter walk, and um, he had to stop and rest. In fact, Uh, He had to even change his shirt. He was just perspiring so much. I don't know what I was thinking in those days, you know, but... um the bags were ridiculously heavy, but, and, but he took forever to get them on the plane. But when the air hostess saw them, she was in shock. And he, she said, there's no ways we're going to take this on the plane. They're far too heavy. So you know what she did? She called two men to carry one bag, and she checked them. But that was what it was like. She checked the bags. But I want to ask you today, isn't that a lot like us today? <laughs> yes. <laughs> there you are, those strong men. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> but isn't like the, us like that today? God wants to accelerate us forward. He wants to move us forward into all the blessings and the favor, the prosperity and the divine destiny He has for our lives. But we block the blessings of God because we are so loaded down with baggage. We are bogged down with baggage that we can't move forward. We are baggage from the past, baggage from the present, so bogged with the baggage we can't advance into the, what God has uh, planned for each and every one of us. But God wants us to lighten our load. Say, I must lighten my load in Jesus' name so I can accelerate, so I can advance into His plans and His purposes for my life. You know, family, as long as we focus on the past and all the mistakes that we've made, all the hurts we've gone through, all the disappointments we've experienced, it's going to keep us from the plans that God has ahead for us. So God wants us to lighten our load. Because what does baggage do? Baggage weighs us down. Baggage steals our enthusiasm. Baggage steals our joy. It makes us miserable. Baggage sabotages relationships. 
I once watched a program where some men and women, they were in their 40s, and they wanted to date. But they said, you know, most people are in their 40s. They've either been married before or they widowed. And when they went on a date, they said, just either all the man or the woman, all they spoke about is all their baggage. You know, the one guy in our church in, in Texas, he's been married a few times. He says, all his exes live in Texas. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, imagine going for dinner and all you hear about is all the past. It's like, I'm out of here. <laughs> this is not too much for me. So baggage sabotages relationships. There was a lady who came on staff one year and she had been in a very abusive, um, come from a very abusive home. She came from a, a lot of rejection and she had a very traumatic background and you name it, she had been through it. And yet she had a tremendous amount of talents and gifts inside of her. And so I said to her, you know, God wants to bring all your talents and your gifts to the forefront. God is so much in store for you. He wants to move you forward. He wants you to advance in everything he's got for you. But while you're carrying all this baggage of your hurt and rejection and abuse, you'll never go forward. And so I said, I want you to go to counseling for as long as it takes so that you can Deal with unfinished business. And she did exactly what I suggested. And then in about a year's time, she met a wonderful man. They married, had two children. And you know what I like to say? She did not take her baggage into her marriage. She refused to take her baggage into her marriage. She was determined not to let the junk in her trunk take her down. She refused to let the junk in her trunk take her down. So let's have a look at the if-only baggage there is. This baggage is filled with past unfinished business. It's plans that went wrong, hurt feelings that we haven't dealt with, disappointments that we've been through. Many have been through a painful divorce or dreams that have died. But let's have a look at some of the if-onlys. If only I hadn't spoken like I did, I wouldn't have ruined a relationship. Or if over, only I hadn't driven the car that night when I was under the influence of alcohol, I wouldn't have had that car crash. Or if only I'd stayed in school maybe I, and not dropped out, maybe I would be further down the road. Or if only I'd listened to my parents, <laughs> then I wouldn't have gone off track, right? And so there's so many, if, uh, if only I'd spent more time with my children, perhaps things would be different. Or if only I'd spent more time with my spouse, perhaps we would have a better marriage. Or if only I'd listened to my boss, I wouldn't have got fired. Or if only I didn't have that affair, then I wouldn't be in the situation I am in today. If only I paid attention at work, and we can go on and on, if only. But that if only will be like baggage, it'll tie us down. It's like pulling a ball and chain behind us. Family, it's time we forgive ourselves for the mistakes we've made. And the truth is we've all made mistakes. But it's time for us to forgive ourselves if we want to advance and go forward into everything that God has planned in the future for us. 
And forgiveness is an ongoing process. We might have forgiven years ago, and then someone else does something to us. But it's important that we learn to forgive and forgive and forgive. Because every time we forgive, we are putting down that baggage. And we must come to the place where we refuse to let the past poison our future. Do not let the past poison our future. Amen? Because that's exactly what the enemy would like us to do. He would like us to live in regret. We cannot change the past, but we have the opportunity to shape our future. And no one can go backwards in life and restart an old beginning. But we can start today to have a new ending. We can have a new ending if we start today. So where we're going is far more important than where we have been, right? So let's have a look at one of my favorite scriptures in the Bible, and it's still true today. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. They are for good and not disaster. They are to give you a future and a hope. Glory to God. We have got a great future ahead of us. In those days when you pray, I will listen. Did you hear what uh, God said? He said, we've got to pray, and then uh, he'll listen. But we've got to do something. Let's pray, right? If you look for me in earnest, you will find me when you seek me. I will be found by you, says the Lord. I will end your captivity, and I will restore your fortunes. And that's exactly what the Lord wants to do for us. He wants us to lighten our load. He wants to deliver us from every circumstance because nothing is too hard for our God. Glory to God. Well, you know what? You'll not believe who had the if only baggage in the Bible. Yes, our precious little Israelites, they had the only if only baggage. Remember how God supernaturally spared their lives, saved them from slavery. They'd been beaten, they'd been abused, they'd been uh, rejected. They were so uh, badly treated by the Egyptians. In fact, the Bible tells us that the Egyptians worked the people of Israel without mercy. And the Bible also tells them as that they were ruthless and made their lives bitter. Then God took them into the wilderness, on their way to the promised land. And he said, I'm going to give you a bright future. I'm going to give you a land of milk and honey. I'm going to give you a land that you can call your own. You can settle down in this land. You can raise your families. It's a land of prosperity. It's a land of provisions, a land of joy and health. Oh, but as soon as the negative spies came back from spying out the land, they spoke negatively and the Israelites were filled with fear. Instead of holding on to the promises of God, what God gave them and saying, God has got our future. Doesn't matter what about the giants in the land. We know that God has our future and we are going to learn how to kill those giants like Apostle Thea taught, is going to tell us how to fight our battles. We know that God will fight our battles for us. And God is a promised land for each and every one of us. But instead of remembering all the victories and all the supernatural provision that God had provided for them, they began to pick up their uh, if only baggage and put it on their backs. Oh, we look in Numbers 14, 1, it says, Then the whole community began to weeping out a lot and cried all night. Their voices rose in a great chorus of protest against Moses and Aaron. Oh, if only we had died in Egypt. If only. If only we had died in Egypt. 
Or even in the wilderness, they started complaining. They were muttering. They were murmuring. Oh, it would be better for us to return to Egypt. Can you imagine that? They lost perspective. They didn't see the bigger picture. They couldn't see the future that God had in store for them. And their, their perspective was, was out of whack and their circumstances overruled their judgment. Can you imagine they wanted to go backwards, back into slavery, back to being abused, back into, and turning back cannot propel us or help us advance forward. The promised land family is still ahead of us. I believe that with God's help, He is going to take good care of us and we will have good success because greater is He that is in us than He that is in the world. Give the Lord praise in the house. Glory to God. We are not going to be like the Israelites. They forgot about their, they got caught up in the motions of the moment. They forgot about everything that God had done for them. They forgot about His goodness and His mercy. They forgot about His supernatural deliverance. And so God's people died in the wilderness because of their if-only baggage. This is not the devil's people. This is God's people. God's people suffered when they did not need to suffer. Another baggage we're going to look at tonight is the baggage of what now? Oh, what now? And this is emotional baggage that is packed under the pressure of the presence. And because of this baggage, good people, God's people can become paralyzed. Their disappointments overwhelm them. They become fixated on their problems. They, they say, my, my spouse is unhappy now. What now? I've got so much debt. What now? I've lost my job. What now? I've just had a baby. What now? I've got divorced. What now? I've lost someone that I love. What now? I've lost my business. What now? I've lost so much because of COVID. What now? Many people lost so many loved ones during COVID. But family, do not allow a season of mourning to turn into a lifetime of mourning. When actor Dean Martin, and you know, <laughs> it was long, long, long time ago, but he died in 1995. Many of his close friends, even Frank Sinatra, said how he actually died many years earlier after his son died in a plane crash on the 21st of March, 1987. After his son was, was killed, Dean Martin told his friends he no longer wanted to live. He just simply wanted to die, even though many of his friends encouraged him to get on with life. Even Frank Sinatra said, I'll get a tour organized for you, but you've got to get up. You've got to start living again. But Dean Martin felt my son has died, and so my life is over. And he basically became a virtual recluse. He refused to see his friends. He watched television all day. And if he did go out to eat, he just ate alone. He allowed his son's death to overwhelm his desire to live. Two people died in that plane crash that day. So one of the ways of dealing with emotional baggage is to focus on the opportunities and the solutions 
that God has for us rather than dwelling on the negative circumstances or problems. We can say, I'm going to focus on how big my God is and not how big my problem is. We can start saying, God is going to lead me. He's going to guide me. He's going to help me. He's going to bring me through this. We can join a freedom group right here, Christian Family Church, a freedom group. And they will help you overcome the trials and tribulations, the baggage that you're going through, and you can live in freedom. We can start saying, I will succeed. I will not fail because God is on my side. Thank you, Lord, for wisdom. Thank you, Lord, for success. Thank you for leading me and guiding me. Thank you, Father, my mission in life will be successful. You know, when Abraham's servant, do you remember he, sent, he was sent out to find a wife for Isaac? But you know what he did? He prayed for the solution. He didn't say, oh, what now? I've got to go find a wife for my, my boss's son? What now? No, he didn't. He prayed for the solution. In Genesis 24, 12, he said, Lord, God of my master Abraham, please give me success today. This is my request. I will ask one of them, that's the young woman, please come and give me a drink from your jug. And if she says, uh, if she says yes, have a drink, I will water your camels too. Let her be the one for Isaac. And the Bible says that he had finished, when he had finished praying, here comes Rebecca. And he prayed for good success and God led him straight to the right woman. So we can pray and ask God for good success and he's going to lead us and guide us in life and we will have good success. How many of you remember Samuel and Saul in the Bible? I love Samuel and I love Saul, but Samuel was such an amazing man, called of God, and he invested a lot of time and energy into Saul, who was the king of Israel at the time. In fact, he took Saul under his wing and he mentored him. He loved him. He coached him. He spent much time with him. He wanted Saul to be a great success. But Samuel did his best to see that Saul succeeded. But Saul refused to walk in God's obedience. You can imagine how Samuel must have felt. He must have put all that time and effort and energy into coaching Saul and loving Saul. But looks like now it's a big waste of time. And I want to ask you, how many people are you coaching, discipling, loving, and sometimes they don't listen. You feel like it's a big waste of time. I mean, we do that, don't we? We love on people. We guide them. We pray for them. We help them. Some listen, some don't. And so he felt, maybe this is a big waste of time. But 1 Samuel 13, we see that Saul didn't listen to Samuel and decided to offer a burnt offering to the Lord himself. Yet it was against God's laws, and he should have waited for Samuel. And we see in 1 Samuel 13, 10, it says, Just as Saul was finishing with a burnt offering, Samuel arrived. And Saul went out to welcome him. But Samuel said, what is this you have done? And Saul replied, well, I saw my, sense, my men scattering from me and you didn't come when you said you would. And the Philistines are at Michmash ready for battle. So I said, the Philistines are ready to march against us at Gilgal. And I haven't even asked the, for the Lord's help. Look at that. I haven't even asked for the Lord's help. So I felt compelled to offer the burnt offering myself before you came. And what did Samuel say? How foolish. You have not kept the command the Lord your God gave you. Had you kept it, 
The Lord will have established your kingdom over Israel forever. But now your kingdom must end. For the Lord has sought out a man after his own heart. The Lord has already appointed him to be the leader of his own people. Because you have not kept the Lord's command. And Saul continued with foolish decisions. So there came a time when Samuel never uh, met with Saul again. But he loved him. And he mourned for him. In 1 Samuel 16, 1, the Lord said to Samuel, Samuel, how long are you going to mourn over Saul? And I want to ask you today, how long are you going to mourn over your past mistakes, disappointments? How long are you going to live in regret? How long are you going to live with self condemnation? How long are you going to allow yourself to grieve over someone who's gone home to the Lord? Mourning and grieving is a normal and important process. And we've got to go through a process of mourning and grieving. I get it. But there's something wrong when we mourn forever, especially if they're believers, because we know we'll see them in our future. They're not in our past. My brother was 22 uh, years of old. He was a very smart boy. He was very bright. He was accepted into Yale University, although he never went. He died from leukemia when he was 22 years of age. It was a slow, horrible death. It took three years. At those days, my mom and I didn't understand healing as she did later on in life. And so she mourned for my brother. For 10 years, she mourned for him. One day in prayer, the Lord asked my mom, Sheila, how long are you going to mourn for your son? He is with me and you have to let him go. And that's exactly what the Lord said to Samuel in 1 Samuel 16, 1. The Lord said to Samuel, how long are you going to mourn over Saul? But you know, family, God has always got a solution to our problems. He's got a solution to our heartaches. In 1 Samuel 16, 1, God says, fill your horn with oil and be on your way. I'm sending you to Jesse of Bethlehem. I've chosen one of his sons to be king. So Samuel anointed David to be the new king. You see, family, God always has a solution to our problems. But we have to get up and we have to advance. Because if we don't get up and we stay in our mourning, our regret, our disappointments, we will never move into the next phase of our ministry, the next phase, what God has for us. And God has a promised land, a place of provision and love and joy. But we've got to get up and we've got to move forward. We've got to advance for the kingdom's sake. So family, tonight is a night where we're going to brush off our baggage and we're going to say, I'm done with my baggage and I'm going to go forward in Jesus' name. <laughs> Glory to God. You know, if Samuel had said, oh brother, I've wasted all my time. I failed at my job. I failed with this man. I'm heartbroken. I'm not worthy of my job. I've messed up with this man. Listen to this. Apostle Theo gave me this, this um, statement. He said, Bev, Samuel 
might have missed it with God's instruction to anoint David. And David might never have been king. We never know what God is ahead of us. But we've just got to trust him to heal our hearts and get up. And the Lord said, get up, fill your horn with oil. So what is the horn? The horn is a symbol of strength. Oil is a symbol of a fresh anointing. It's a symbol of joy, unspeakable and full of glory. It's a symbol of the precious Holy Spirit. Hebrews 1.9 says, therefore, O God, your God has anointed you, pouring out the oil of joy. So the Lord is saying to us tonight, it's time for us to cut our baggage of mourning, no matter what we've been through, because God has a solution for each and every one of us. He's saying, come, my, my child, let the joy of the Lord be your strength. Glory to God. When we get up, we're going to move forward. We're going to have a happy heart because God is on our side and God will fight our battles for us in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. God has got something better for us in future. He's going to anoint us with fresh oil. Say, I am anointed with fresh oil. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. So Samuel learned a valuable lesson during the transition from Saul's reign to David. He had to learn that he needed to get over it before he could get through it. And God has so much in store for us. He has success on his mind. But, but, and we are more than overcomers because of Christ who lives in us. But if only we could drop the bag of fear, hopelessness, despair, and, and dismay, and let God advance us forward into the success that he has for us. If anybody in the Bible had the right to throw in the towel, it was Joseph. My word, that dude had a pass from hell, right? His brothers were jealous of him. They rejected him. They mocked him. They even wanted to murder him. What a family. What a loving family. <laughs> Oh, my word. And then when they sold him as a slave, then he went to part of his house and then part of his wife, the fair, uh, part of his wife wanted to sleep with him. He had to run away from, from her. Then he was falsely accused. He was put into jail. I mean, what kind of life did he have in the beginning? Yet in all that time, Joseph purposed in his heart that he would not carry, carry the baggage of resentment unforgiveness, hatred, bitterness around with him. He purposed in his heart that he's going to travel light. He purposed in his heart that he would focus on pleasing the Lord, even though his life was terrible and he didn't deserve any of it. Even when he did right, he was wrongly treated. He had determined that he would still please the Lord. And you know, the Bible says God was with Joseph. And when we have the right heart attitude and we do the right thing when we are wrongly accused, when we're treated badly, God is still with us. And God is watching how we respond in difficult times because God actually wants us to come up out of that and He's going to go take us from the pit into the palace if we focus on our Lord Jesus Christ. I'm so glad that He didn't have the baggage of if only. 
If only they, they didn't complain about me. If only my family didn't sell me. If only they didn't uh, sell me as a slave. If only Potiphar's wife didn't try and rape me. If only, and whoever he, he, hears, hears of a woman running after a man. Well, actually today you do. Um, Jesus. I need to do a message on that. If he's married, lost a mate, leave him alone. He's not yours. Just FYI. Ish. What about if he carried the baggage? What now? I'm stuck in prison. And you know, it was 13 years stuck in prison. What now? He would have never been free. He would have never, never risen to the, the top, but he kept his heart free from unforgiveness. He kept his heart free from bitterness, resentment, anger, and hatred. Family, when we focus on having a positive attitude, no matter what, God is going to raise us up and make us victorious. I love what Joseph says when, he, when he's reinstated and he's made the second in charge of the whole of Egypt. He's Pharaoh's right-hand man in Genesis 41, 50. It says, during this time, before the, uh, the first of the famine years, two sons were born to Joseph and his wife. Joseph named the older son Manasseh, for he said, look at this, God has made me forget all my troubles and everyone in my father's family. And Joseph named the second son Ephraim, for he said, look at this. God has made me fruitful in this land of my grief. Look at the difference between Joseph and the Israelites. Joseph kept a pure heart. Joseph kept his eyes on the Lord. And the Lord in the middle of his grief lifted him up and made him fruitful made him successful. And that's what God wants uh, for us tonight, for us today. He wants to make us successful, no matter what we've been through, no matter the difficulties, the heartaches. He wants to give us promotion. He's got a great future ahead for us. He wants to make sure that we are taken well care of. He wants to give us the joy of the Lord. He wants to walk us to walk in a fresh anointing. He wants to walk us in the strength of the Lord. He wants us to travel like family. But the choice is ours. And I love it when the, when the famine was raging and Joseph's brothers came to get him some food. And while Joseph saw, uh, told them who he was, he was now so successful, so rich and so wealthy, he was not only able to feed his house, but he was able to feed all his brothers and all their children and their wives and their grandchildren as well. And Joseph was able to take care of everyone because he refused to take the past into the future. And that's exactly what God wants us for us. If we will let go of the baggage of yesterday, God wants to advance us into the future. But the choice is ours, family. God is in the restoration business. He wants to give us back everything the devil has stolen from us. If he's stolen our health, God wants to bring it back. If he's stolen our finances, if we tithe, the windows of heaven are open and God is going to pour out a blessing upon you that there will no 
not be room to even contain it. If your children have gone away from the Lord, God is going to bring them back if we don't say what now, but we start praising God in all our circumstances. God is going to restore to us children. He's going to restore us health. He's going to restore us families. He's going to restore us jobs. He's going to restore to us all the things that the devil has stolen from us because God is in a restoration versus give the glory to God. Hallelujah. 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 God is good. How many of you tonight, today already say, I'm ready to go to the next promotion. I'm ready for my next level of promotion. I'm ready to go where God has me. He's got a plan for my life. It's a good plan. I want to fulfill the destiny that God has on my life. I want to fulfill every page that is in that book that He has written about me. The devil will not stop me. The devil will not stop my destiny in the name of Jesus. Give the Lord a hand. Give the Lord praise in the house. Hallelujah. 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 Are you ready to travel light? I just want to pray with you. Father, I pray for these men and women and under the sound of my voice. And Father, we are ready. We are ready to get rid of our baggage. Well, our what if baggage, what now baggage, resentment baggage, unforgiveness baggage, mourning baggage, grieving baggage, disappointment baggage. Father, we are ready to give it all up because we want to focus on you. And Father, I thank you even now as we pray. I thank you, Lord, that a fresh anointing falls on your people. The Spirit of God falls on your people and I thank you Lord for doing a new thing as we advance into the kingdom and as we advance into celebration let it be done, let it be so in Jesus name and everyone said Amen Glory to God Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord All glory to God We're going to let you go now because it's uh, the beginning of celebration we want you to get some rest be here tomorrow at 2 o'clock, and if you want to buy some books, I'm going to be out there autographing right now. Every head bowed, every eye closed, every head bowed and every eye closed, how many would say, Apostle Theo, I want to be sure I go to heaven one day. I don't want to wake up in the fires of hell. Can you help me? Yes, I can. While the heads are bowed and eyes are closed, I'm going to pray in a moment, and God is going to speak to your heart and give you the assurance that you are going to heaven, that you are forgiven, that God is your Father. If this is what you desire, right now, when I count to three, slip your hand up, and that'll indicate to God that you invite Him to come and speak to you. If you want Him to speak to you and give you that assurance, slip your hand up when I count to three, and He will, and then I'm going to pray. Are you ready? Raise your hand when I count. One, two, three. Thank you. Thank you. Praise the Lord. While heads are bowed and eyes are closed, just my hand. I want to be sure I'm going to heaven. I want to know that my sins are forgiven. I want to know God is my Father. I see those hands, all of our hands are raised. That's wonderful. Now somebody knows Jesus, who's in the church, is coming to put their hands on your shoulders to let you know we love you and Jesus loves you while I pray this prayer. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. All right. Everybody kindly say this prayer with me, especially all of you that have your hands raised. Let's talk to God from the heart now. Are you ready? Dear God, try that again. Dear God, 
Thank you for sending Jesus to die on that cross in my place. You punished him for my sins so I can be forgiven. Thank you, Jesus. Come into my heart and save my life. Thank you, Jesus. I declare I am forgiven. Jesus is the Lord of my life. I am saved, bound for heaven. God is now my Father. Praise the Lord. I am born into the family of God. Now give everybody a big hand. Thank you for joining us during this episode of Living Life with Dr. Theo and Bev Fulmerans. We hope that through this inspired teaching, you had an encounter with God. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of Apostle Theo and Dr. Bev Volmerans and would like to enjoy more resources, we hope you will visit our website at www.christianfamilychurch.co.za or for our American listeners, www.christianfamilychurchsa.com. Thank you.